Hello and welcome under the Katatsu. I am your host Austin, joined as always by Danny. Hello. And Danielle. Hey nerds. Uh, and we're back to talk about more uh, IGPX mecha racing action. Uh, but before that, uh, let's see what everyone's drinking. Danny, what are you drinking on this fine Hallows? Well, it's not Hallows Eve. Halloween day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having uh, uh, some coffee with uh, milk and sugar, and then uh, because I use a mocha pot, like you know, it doesn't make a big amount. Um, so when I run out of that, which should be very soon, I'm going to switch over to some Gatorade because I got it. I got my, uh, booster, uh, COVID shot, uh, on Friday and I was expecting to be Omega sick and it actually hasn't really hit me. So I'd gotten Gatorade to like try to keep my electrolytes up while I was sick, but didn't really have that issue. So, uh, I'm just trying to burn through this Gatorade. (laughs) Never a bad idea to keep your electrolytes up is it That's at least true. like a halloween appropriate color like an orange gatorade or uh, it's gatorade? it's yellow uh, it's it's lemon lime um so if you told me it was uh, reanimator fluid i would believe you okay well the, like yellow's on the candy corn so it's an official halloween flag color that's true um Danielle, what are you drinking? I have a plaque coffee and a pre-made quote-unquote peach parfait breakfast smoothie that is acting as my breakfast for the day. <laughs> I just did not get enough sleep last night. Oh, God. <laughs> Fair enough. It is, it is hard to do that most days. Um, I'm doing my usual drinking black coffee. I meant to you can look it up real quick, but I meant to uh, <laughs> at least say like where I got the coffee from and that kind of thing. Um, but maybe maybe come back to me later if I can not look it up. Oh, I am I am drinking uh, Eternal Flame, a, a roast by Gimme Coffee. I think they're out in New York. Uh, it's very good. Oh, okay. I, I really like it. Yeah, I think I've gotten coffee from them, from them before, and yeah, they were good. I think so too because the packaging looks familiar, and I don't remember necessarily loving whatever the other thing I got from them was. But this is really good. Like I look forward to drinking it. Um, but enough of that. We're here to talk about sick mechs on high speed track um so we'll just dive into that i felt fancy this time around and wrote out uh actual episodes descriptions so you don't have to listen to me struggle to remember what three plot details happened in each episode (laughs) Uh, that's not to slight on the show i uh, adore that it's uh uh simple in plot but anyway uh so the first episode we watched is episode 14 a new challenge uh it's a new year and a new season team satomi need to prove their rookie season wasn't just a fluke and really make a name for themselves newcomers team white snow have won the ig2 championship last year and have replaced team black egg in the ig1 this season so rip team black egg during the preseason gala some teams uh take their chance to size up the competition while team white snow uh plays nice with team satomi reasserting themselves uh, as each other's rivals. Cunningham and Takeshi uh, have yet another fake sword fight outside on the balcony. (laughs) Team Satomi has their first race this season against Team Edgeray, although Takeshi goes into the race cool and level-headed. A coordinated attack from Edgeray has him completely shaken, while Liz ends up being the one to think fast and help Takeshi out uh, of Edgeray's trap, despite being visually visibly nervous, even, uh, before the start of the race. Uh, and then this race or this episode ends kind of halfway through the race. A lot of these will do that. Um, but what did y'all think of episode 14? Very good. Uh, they they start the season off strong. Uh, there's a lot of uh, things to like in that gala scene. Um, little details like one I noted was uh, Sofantine and, and uh, Takeshi are still an item. And uh, I think I think uh, Takeshi's out of his whatever drink he's drinking. It looks like orange soda. Um 
and Fantine like offers him another glass and you know he reaches for it and she pulls it away and and they're chasing each other and she's like oh you're you know you're too slow and I noticed I, I don't know if it's just a quirk of the animation or what but uh later in the scene when you see them again the drink is at like a noticeably lower level implying that she's just spilling it all over the place which I think is great um and then yeah everything with uh Cunningham and then you know the the changing of the dynamic where, uh, and this is something that keeps going on, uh, Takeshi thinking he's like all cool and, and hot shit and, you know, I'm the I'm the number one star at this point, you know, I can, I'm the most important thing on the team uh, and him kind of getting uh, brought back down to size uh, several times in the coming episodes, but, you know, starting here where he just absolutely gets uh, demolished uh, uh, by Edred. Yeah, this will be a running theme for most of these episodes we watch, but I like uh, how shitty Takeshi is this season. He's shitty mm-hmm. in a good way, where it's just like, just like, snap out of it, stop being a baby. Um, it's good. Um, what do y'all think of White Snow, the new uh, team this, uh, this season? I honestly think they're a lot more compelling antagonists than Valshine are. <laughs> like, nothing against Valshine, but Valshine is just Cunningham being like, yeah, I'm good at racing, I'll show you. But White Snow actually, like, I don't know, feels like they're dangerous in a different way. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes the episodes I more like, compelling. I like that they're just straight-up villains. Like, they're like, we'll get into it, but like, they hack and they cheat <laughs> and all this other stuff. And it's like, oh yeah, they're just like, they're, I mean, it doesn't help that they have like this weird, like kind of clown aesthetic where they've all got like diamonds, mm-hmm. like tattoos on them. And then some of their outfits are a little bit jester like in kind of like a fashion way, not like a literal wearing a jester clothing, but it's like, yeah, they're just, they're the Joker of the season. <laughs> they're, they're Batman's <laughs> arsenicists. Um, yeah, it was, it was pushing a little bit, um i i generally prefer like team drama like takeshi being a spoiled baby and then liz and and amy trying to like you know rein him in and also dealing with their stuff so i was a little off put i liked it in is jumping ahead a little bit i liked with when they were racing white snow and they did like the puppeteering shit i was a little on the fence about the hacking thing i was like okay you know i don't know that i needed this right now but i do like the kind of villain aesthetic i like that um the short girl there's there's the one with long hair this max i think that's yeah the yeah that sounds right uh i like that she's like the the uber hacker is she voiced uh by rei anami no i thought so no? too but i don't i don't oh. i think i she's the one of the three of them she's the one i don't have notes about like what she voiced in other other anime like she'd done other stuff but nothing that jumped out to me is like oh that's exciting enough to talk about it but i also mm-hmm. had to pause and be like is that is that right that's yeah not. um the the questions i had were is the long-haired girl she sounded like either my valentine or she sounded like my valentine to me and then the guy either sounded like james from pokemon or pegasus and i couldn't peg which uh-huh so uh you are right judy is her name is voiced by um megan hollingshead who voices my valentine i thought it was and if i probably like i heard her say one line and i was like oh my god is that this person looked it up and realized it was my valentine had i listened longer i probably would have picked up my valentine but my initial thought was oh my god is that ritsko from uh oh. evangelion <laughs> um which it's not. Um, but she also voices uh, a couple other interesting uh, roles that she has besides My Valentine. She's Nurse Joy in several of the Pokemon series. Not everyone, oh. but I think she is in the most recent and in the original. Um, hmm. And kind of couldn't tell how much she had been Nurse Joy in the in-between in seasons, but I knew those for sure. And she's uh, 
Shizune in uh, Naruto. Um, and then, unfortunately, I thought this too and was also convinced, like, oh, that's definitely James slash Pegasus, who I think are the same voice actor. Uh, maybe I'm wrong about that. But um, it's neither, even if they are different people. Zanuck is voiced by Doug uh, Erholtz, who um, voices uh, Kisuke Urahawa in, in Bleach, which we unfortunately didn't get to in the three episodes of Bleach we watched, but he's a fun character. Voices Azuma in Naruto, who is a, a favorite. Uh, Polnaroff in the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure dub. Um, <laughs> which I didn't watch that show dubbed, but I have seen clips of the dub. The dub does seem quite good um, from what mm. I've seen. And then also voices um, Inspector Zenigata in various Lupin things. Not every single Lupin thing, but it seems like most of the recent stuff he's Zenigata in, uh, which is cool. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I was yeah, I was but... sold on it being Rei Ayanami. Man. Yeah, she does. Mm. She is definitely doing that voice, and Zanuck is definitely doing like a like. I would not be surprised. He was like, "Yeah, I was trying to channel my inner Pegasus," you know. <laughs> yeah, and he's so uh, conniving. Like he's so. Whereas Cunningham approached Takeshi as like a rival, like friendly, but like still like, oh, you better, you know, keep on your toes or whatever. Uh, the the two facedness of Zanuck just being like the like, oh, I, I'm such a big fan. Can I get your autograph? I'm so, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then he's just the most conniving motherfucker. Uh, I do like that a lot about uh, that. The, uh, White Snow. Yeah, it's like, you know, in, in season one, we get Yama being set up as this like more antagonistic uh person beyond just the racetrack but then we get that like fake ad of like no they're actually not that dirty they just like put on airs i guess um whereas like mm. this time around team white snow is is that they are like doing everything to win um and being manipulative outside the track which i guess maybe i don't know if this comes up but we were wondering like like who actually put in the like military grade parasite mech in that one episode Maybe it was White Snow. Who knows? Maybe they they would do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to remember what else happens at the gala. Um, why does the lights go out? The lights go out at one point. Oh, it's like I think it's like just like a dramatic moment for White Snow, right? Because that's the moment where you think like Xanax about to like pull some shit with Takeshi, and then he's actually mm -hmm. like, "Would you mind signing my card?" Right. Um, I also think like the lights go out and they pull up like curtains and reveal that they're sitting in a giant like aquarium room. Um, I think is what happens there. Mm. Uh, I guess small plot detail that stood out to me in this episode. Uh, they mentioned that Yama from Sledge Mama has retired. Um, I guess it's like a convenient way to give River like a permanent place on that team. But I mm -hmm. thought that was interesting. <laughs> uh, so I don't know how much more of Mark Hamill we'll see after this episode. Um, yeah, I had forgotten that Mark Hamill was the voice actor. So when I heard him, I was like, oh, that's right. That That is definitely Mark Hamill's voice. Yeah, he's one of those voice of actors that joke. I don't notice it until he's like, until my brain clicks. I don't like notice him as Mark Hamill. And then I hear him like, oh, that's yeah, of course, that's him. Mm. Um, I just actor. in general kind of like that this is how this season starts with like the gala. It's like a, I, mean, I guess like before that, there's like a scene where they're practicing in the simulator. Um, or maybe they're no they're actually pra practicing out on the track because they make a big deal about like oh isn't it nice to like actually practice on the track for once and I was like is the implication that they don't normally do that or is it because it was like during the off season they don't get the chance to do that I don't I was a weird line I, but yeah I don't think they explicitly said it the implication I got was because they're the reigning champs they're allowed to mm, maybe but I don't I don't know if that's the case I mean they might not have been able to last season because it's like their first season in. So like maybe they're not allowed to like jump on the track until like they they've at least have one season under the belt. I don't think it's ever like expounded upon, but no, it yeah. seems like a line that you put in there to like 
for the audience of like, hey, we're back after how many months since the first season ended uh, kind of thing, but didn't really <laughs> put enough justification into why they would say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but either way, I like how this this episode mostly opens on the gala stuff, and I like that the gala scene kind of lasts a bit longer than it does uh, from the first season, um, mainly because it's like serving to set up White Snow, um, and also just to kind of reset dynamics between the different characters, like with River and uh, Cunningham. Um, yeah, which the that air blading scene, I I was waiting to see <laughs> if uh, they would show his uh, like shirt sleeve being cut again by the air, but uh, my note for that is Lamal dweebs air blading. Because, uh, yeah, no, it's still as ridiculous as it was last season. <laughs> yeah, I called them uh, chunies and dorks in, in my notes. <laughs> it's so, it's just so funny how serious they take it and the way that, like, I think it's Cunningham, like, just, like, dramatically walks off after they exchange, like, one fake blow. <laughs> it's like, y'all think, y'all really think you're cooler than you are. Yeah. Uh, it's very good. Do we know, like, how long it was between the first season airing and the second season airing? I think we talked about this last months. time. It's like only a couple months. Like it's pretty yeah. close together. It was like four months. Yeah, because it was. Uh, let's see. Uh, going by English air date, uh, February fourth was the end of season one, and May twentieth, the same year, was season two. Yeah. Um, so I believe it was just one large episode order, and then they decided to. Because um, the funny thing is, uh, I'm looking at it now. The in Japan they aired over the course of twenty six weeks. Um, or interest. Ooh, ooh. I'll have to look this up for next time. Uh, twenty four weeks. There's no uh, Japanese air date listed for episodes 25 and 26 on Wikipedia. Interesting. The nation of Japan has been edging for the just, past just, uh, <laughs> several years. They just gave up. Um, but yeah, but there was a delay between uh, season one and season two uh, in uh, America, which is interesting. Um, then that's that's mostly just the gala scene. I don't think we really missed too much. Um I like this, a lot of the setup for this first race where you've got like, I, I think there's like an exchange between Takeshi and Liz where Liz is like, or uh, Takeshi's like, oh, I didn't sleep very well last night. And Liz is like, oh, so you're nervous like the rest of us or whatever. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm pretty chill. I just didn't sleep for whatever reason or whatever. And it's mm-hmm. like, like clearly like trying to act really cool about it or whatever. But he kind of goes into that race like stone face and then just like kind of like immediately loses his cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Importantly, uh, we find out uh that the game that he plays uh because i don't remember why he starts playing he, he something upsets him and like you see him it cuts to him like playing on the game and his sister's like oh like you're you know you're mm-hmm. playing the game still or, or you're playing a game again it's called watch world don't know why but that's what it's called <laughs> I, I have not seen a single watch in there but that's mm-hmm. what the name is i think that's in a later episode when he uh picks the game back up that's how you know he's at his low point made a note about that <laughs> it's like wow he really is down bad playing video games again okay, um, why do i have the i haven't i have the note that it's they say watch world in this mm, i don't know maybe someone mm. else is playing maybe he's like oh my god is um, that watch world <laughs> um i also like liz being like the most like visibly nervous before this race even though she ultimately like kind of has has her shit way more together than takeshi it's just kind of like this like like being nervous is ultimately like a good thing and she's able to like capitalize off those nerves whereas because like takeshi goes in like trying to like feel nothing he just gets destroyed the second something starts mm-hmm. going wrong uh the uh edge raid people have we do we meet them in this episode and we i mean they have the race uh one the the girl on Edraid is like the horniest person on earth. She has a line that I like, which is like I, I don't know. She uses some kind of words that I'm like mm, maybe don't phrase it that way. Where I think she's like, oh, Takeshi would be so yummy if uh, he had more. He had piercing. some piercings. Yeah, it's like the way I she mean, phrases I like a little the weird awkward. Goth but, girl. <laughs> but yes, I I'm here I for like it. that. 
<laughs> I like that a lot. It's just whatever word she used, I was like, maybe you don't say it that way, but yes, he could use some more piercings. <laughs> that was good. I like, um, you know, Edge is the team that has a dog on their team, so we get a little bit more back and forth between Sola the dog and uh, Luca the cat um, in this episode and, and next episode, too. I have, oh, I have some quote or a quote from next episode <laughs> about Luca and Sola. Do they mention in this episode, because this is just to remind myself this is like they start the race in this episode right yes yep okay mm -hmm. um do they mention the fact that they have like the new os in this episode or is that brought up next episode i think they bring it up this episode i think that's like at yeah. the beginning when they're like doing the test run around the track they also mentioned something right. about like testing out the new os or something yeah so there is a new os uh they i mean they don't really say why they need a new os but they just I don't know, you just need to upgrade to Windows 11 sometimes, I don't know. But um, that's going to be a major plot point in the next episode. Uh, but but yeah, it's a, a point of contention that who knows if is this OS stable or not. I think that's all I got for this one. I, I thought it was like a solid setup to the season. I watched this episode and was like pretty excited to watch the rest of the episodes. Does mm -hmm. anyone else got anything more to add? Like That's mostly my general opinion on all the episodes in this entire batch. <laughs> it's like, yeah, pretty solid. <laughs> I don't know if it's just me. I I might just be like engaging the show with the show a bit differently than y'all, but I'm just like, yeah, this is solid. <laughs> but like not getting too into it. I guess this I guess it might have to do with like how Austin was mentioning earlier that the um the plot beats are like pretty pretty simple. Or maybe it's the fact that like um thinking about this last night is that like um since this is a sports anime and I'm not like super familiar with sports anime or honestly like the biggest fan of them i think it's just like um there's not a lot for me to like think about thematically in the show so i'm just like just sort of watching and not taking a lot of it in i guess if that makes sense mm. yeah i think that's fair i think uh, if i were to recommend the show to people it would largely be couched in like do you like sports anime tropes or just like sports tropes in general i guess and also like how cool do you think the mechs and uh <laughs> animation in the show look um because that's definitely a huge part of the appeal for me because mm -hmm. definitely it's not like you know like i don't worry going into these episodes we record of like oh i'm not gonna have anything to talk about but watching the episodes i do kind of go like there's definitely not a lot of meat on these bones in the way that like we didn't like it but there's definitely meat on east of eden or eden of the east's uh bones uh in a way you know like there was a mm. lot to to chew on there whereas this it, it is just kind of like hey the mechs are sick and hey isn't it great when takashi's a fucking loser and someone has to snap him out of it um but it's definitely not like you know especially for mecha fiction like not super deep i do like we talked about it last time there's a lot of weird stuff on the fringe of the show that almost feels like it was like concepted and then thrown out but like kind of like whatever the fuck is going on with the fact that like the city is like in the middle of like a barren wasteland um and stuff <laughs> like that and just like the kind of weird like um uh particular version of capitalist society this uh series seems to take place in and like it's not explored enough for me to have like one take on it another other than it's just kind of like a benign um representation of of a capitalist society um but it's like you could make a show that's got a lot more thematic like meat on its bones than this show does um like the like the roots are there they just didn't water them i guess i'm mixing all my metaphors but it's fair it's fine um, well they they yeah no they I, bring, I agree with that they bring some things in with like the character moments like in the next episode uh they they kind of explore more about liz 
being an orphan and like what that entails um you know again like what you said i don't think that they are making a stance necessarily or i don't think that they're doing some well-researched opinionating on um you know the the state of you know like children in in orphanages and foster care and all that they're not like making a statement uh but there is stuff to extract from that i guess it's just like when the bulk of something when the bulk of an episode is the mech race or in this case like they have like the introductory you know gossiping at the gala or whatever there's not really there's really all you get is just that um it's only later um because i think some of these episodes really did have a lot to kind of chew into um like especially with liz and and all that liz is I think Liz is the most interesting character <laughs> compared, I mean, oh, compared God, to like, Takeshi, I, who's just a baby. So I'm thinking, like, one of the reasons why I'm not engaging with the show is because I don't like Liz as a character. Like, mm. I appreciate what she brings to the team dynamic because you need someone like that in, you know, to make, like, compelling team drama. But I just don't like her as a character. Okay. And I think that might be um, a lot of the reasons why I'm just sort of just vibing with the episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, like, the themes the show does have are your typical sports show themes of like teamwork and as we talked about before like found family is like a big thing to this which to me is like mostly what that stuff with liz and the orphanage uh is in service of is you know like you know bringing in like how she feels about like the family she like does have or has have in the future and how that relates to you know her role in team satomi and and things like that um but yeah i can i can definitely see that that's that's fair Mm-hmm. um well let's move on to the next episode uh just to kind of continue because some of the stuff comes out in the next episode i think uh episode 15 is called feeling lost um as team edge raid continues to put up a hard fight things get even worse when takeshi shuts down having been hacked by team white snow unbeknownst to satomi before things could get too bad luke is able to communicate with his mech's os in the same way he communicates with amy to get Takeshi up and running again, giving Team Satomi a chance to make a break for the finish line, barely winning the race. Sorry. Uh, as Takeshi tries to process what happened, and while Amy and Liz try to celebrate without him, Mark and the crew try to figure out what went wrong with Takeshi's mech and how to fix it before the next race. Finally, Takeshi and Liz's tension with each other comes to a head as they fight each other, with Takeshi just barely avoiding landing a serious blow on her with his practice sword. Uh, so, last episode we get the team falling apart on track, and this episode we get the team falling apart off the track. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, and not just, like, the team, like, the mech trio, uh, but also, like, um, when the OS is being hacked by white snow you know again they they're like oh my god is it the new os like you know the the new os has should have so many redundancies like what the fuck's going on and miss satomi is like yelling at mark like you know you know what the hell's going on like why can't you fix it and mark basically tells her to fuck off like you know he just like snaps at her in a way that he hasn't done before like hey i'm doing my best like you know fucking leave me alone kind of thing so and you know and she backs off because you know she's like okay yeah i gotta let him do his thing but everyone is kind of thrown into a panic because you know Takeshi was already breaking formation and doing his own thing and then uh his his mech just kind of shuts down and edge raid is just like beating the shit out of all because they have like these like rings that they keep hooking people on like onto their mechs and like dragging them down and whatever um because they win the race but I think Tom Kenny even says like wow (laughs) they really took a number out on their mechs like they are absolutely demolished yeah I think like by the time they uh cross the finish line their mechs are, are pretty fucked up mm-hmm. uh yeah I, I like those those rings because there's a line that 
uh, Sola, the dog on Team Edge Raid, says uh, as they, they put those around Amy's mech, like, time for Kitty to wear her collar. She's <laughs> like, I love, I love the dog trash-talking the cat in the middle of the, mm-hmm. the race. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I have a note uh, that uh, <laughs> Takeshi basically blue screens um, when they when they hack him, and they've got a. I I think the line Mark has when he like tells uh, Misatomi to like kind of fuck off is like, uh, "You try rewriting like thousands of lines of code in a, in a moment's yeah. notice or something like that." Like, they've got like a. I got uh, my note is like big Jurassic Park hacking vibes, especially because it's like they say things like. This is later in the episode after the race, but they're like, we just need to find a, a back door in and close it up. And it's just like this, like, very, like, outdated, like, way of talking about computers and, and hacking. Um, but I like had... that you get, like, a progress bar of how, how much of the OS they've rebuilt. And it's, like, a couple minutes after his mech shut down and they're only at, like, 3%, 4% or whatever. And, yeah, until Luca comes in and saves the day with, uh, they show, like, a, a, like, I guess what would be, like, a network map or, like, a like a dependency map of the OS and you know it's like everything's all red and it's all fucked up and um this is like after the race and they say but look at Luca's fix and they like turn the screen over and it's it's just a cat it's like oh thank you Luca yeah it's you saved the day it's very good but yeah no it's um i again i i i was kind of had mixed feelings about like oh they have like an external like white snow isn't just like being a villain in that they're like manipulating their own race they're like it's like they're they have like a vendetta against uh uh team satomi in general because like they keep talking about like oh like this is the next part of the plan to to make them you know fall apart like because they they keep trying to introduce like little doubts here and there like um uh judy tells amy that uh the orphanage was demolished and i think it might be a different episode but like that kind of thing like where they're trying to like sow discord in the in the team in a way that's just like i don't know it's it's almost like too cruel for me to like be like oh like good like i mean they're good villains in that like i'm upset when they when they're doing this horrible shit um and then turning around and being like oh you know I, we're, we're such big fans of of the team I, I i hope amy gets better in a different episode but um but yeah no so i mixed feelings on that but eventually i kind of came around to it like once once the the mask is like a hundred percent off and they are just being like openly uh the joker um but yeah no the race was really good you know i love luca and um zola uh interacting with each other um i love the again going into the what's allowed what's not allowed um the fact that they can just like hook other mechs and just like slam them into the ground feels like it shouldn't be allowed but you know, I guess well, it is. I will save it for the appropriate episode, but I have some um, some thoughts and feelings about uh, your concern about like uh, you know what's allowed and what's not allowed. There's something that happens in a later episode that kind of clicked all that into place for me, where it's like, oh, I love this actually. Uh, I, I think I know what you're talking about. I, I made a note of that yeah. as well. And yeah, um, I uh, I didn't mention it in the last uh, in episode 14, but uh, both of these episodes and also just all the ones we watched, I feel like. It's weird because, like, like I just said, it like it was it was just one production order, but there weirdly does feel like a difference between the races in the second season and the races in the first season. I feel like they're just <laughs> like so much more dynamic in this season. Not that they weren't before, uh, and maybe it's just like you know you do all those races in the first season and think like how can we top that and you get creative. You know, it doesn't necessarily be need to be like a you know like any multi season show where you're like oh a season between shows we get time to think and and figure things out or learn from our mistakes. Um, like that can still happen within one production, uh, but it was just interesting to me how much more dynamic this stuff felt. 
uh like there's um they do in the last episode they do like a slingshot maneuver um that ends up failing right but i think it's like incredibly sick <laughs> and like the way it's like animated and the camera work and all is really good and then this episode we get one of the uh edge raid guys uh like spider-man web slinging around the track and we get a mm-hmm. pov shot of him doing that it's so <laughs> cool like, like this is what i mean it's like is there a whole lot of thematic bones to the show no but does the mech go spider-man <laughs> around the track yes he fucking does well is this also the episode where uh he says like oh time for you to take the long way and he like nudges liz on d- mm-hmm. they show that there's like a split track apparently and one's the long way and one's the short way and so takeshi's getting his shit kicked in and then liz like jumps from one track onto the other and like body slams <laughs> to, to free takeshi um which i again you would think that's like hey you're not allowed to just <laughs> fucking jump from one part of the track to another but i guess you can uh same way that you, you wouldn't think you could spider-man jump but uh yeah no it's uh the, the race is this one again like what's allowed what's not allowed they they do kind of bring it into focus later but uh uh it is very very fun to see like oh they just go to spider can't get over the fact that they spider-man it's better to just not think about the rules unless the rules are specifically brought up by the characters during the race yeah well i think i think in universe i think that's also the the igpx rule deciding bodies uh approach as well um yeah to that well i mean like in real racing, a lot of it is somebody will figure out something that gives them a large advantage, and then next year, it'll get banned. Like, um, I know, I think, like, in the 70s, someone had the bright idea to put a fucking vacuum under their car to um make turning better, and that got banned, like, super fucking quick. Mm. Yeah. I feel like yeah, the approach no, to that it's... stuff is either, like, it gets banned, or just everybody starts doing it, and it evens out, like, the, the advantage it had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and now there's the... I don't watch NASCAR, but I know that there, there used to be... used to be able to, like, undertake people. So, like, if you're going around the track, like, there's, like, a... You could, like, go under the track, essentially, and then, like, come back around. Like, if you're being boxed that way, you, look, you know, you could do that. Uh, but now they have, like, a yellow line rule where if you cross that yellow line, like, you you lose points or something like that or or get like dq'd or i don't remember but it, it's like a big controversial rule i don't know too much about the the sport but i know of that um yeah no there's a lot of lots of like in this episode so um uh, they they show uh more of takeshi off the track in his out his like disguise where he's just wearing sunglasses i noticed that his cargo pants definitely like, they have like lines on the bottom and they're definitely like zip off cargo pants <laughs> like 100 percent zip off cargo pants um hell yeah but he never zips them off. <laughs> he never zips them off. he just um, thinks the zippers look cool yeah at, at like like uh namora zippers and belts <laughs> um but uh we learn more about liz being in the orphanage so liz and amy so liz and amy ask like Takeshi after the race like hey do you want to go get Chinese with us and he's like no I have plans um and his plans are, are to go hang out with uh Fontaine I believe and and that's when she's like I'm you know you're being a big baby I'm, I'm not gonna uh, hang out with you for the time being or something like that but, importantly Luca also asks Takeshi to hang out and he says no like what an asshole <laughs> yeah what an asshole. unbelievable um but Liz or you know they go to like a what looks like a dim sum place and mm-hmm. orders like a shitload of food and and uh, amy's like oh you can eat that much and liz is like oh you know maybe i'm just kind of compensating for you know growing up in an orphanage where you know i didn't have much food and blah 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 uh, and i made the note of oh is liz that shitty character from madoka um which i know is not that limiting the the one with the red hair 
the Apple girl. Kyoko? Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, oh, it's, it's her, uh, which thinking of Madoka gave me uh, psychic damage. But uh, Amy also has the weird line, because Liz is talking about her life in the orphanage or something like that, and and Liz says, or Amy says something to the effect of, I kind of envy you because you're at the orphanage. Uh, she, it's Well, I, there's a context to it, but I just love that. I kind of envy yeah. your life at the orphanage. Yeah, because she is immediately like, I envy you because it seems like you had like a family that was there for you. Um, yeah, yeah, but still, it's like, uh, Amy, read the uh, room. You're missing the most important part of the scene, which is that uh, Amy is carrying Luca around in a cat bag, and I have in my mm-hmm. notes in all caps, Luca in a cat bag, Luca in a cat bag. Uh, <laughs> that's very good. Just, there's some really good Luca shots in, in these series of episodes um, of just like Luca in the mech or just Luca like chilling out. Uh, shout outs to Luca. Yeah, going back to something you said, was either last episode or the one before that, um, where it's like the show makes it very deliberately obvious that Amy respects Luca as like a sentient being, as like an equal. Like there, it's not like mm-hmm. oh, this is my pet Luca. It's like oh, this is my friend who can talk to me because they have nanobots or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, nano machines. Nano machines, son. Uh, who can also repair uh, Mech OSs. Uh, which that they they said something that threw me off. Um, uh, Amy says to Mark like hey can you give me full control of the mech luca needs to try to fix it or something like that and it made me go like wait does she not already have full control of the mech like i i guess they have like it's like a co-pilot i mean i I know they're like a co-pilot but i thought like luca was there for like strategizing or something but apparently they have like joint control over the mech maybe they they talk about this in the episode where they really like talk about the like um specifics of the connection they have that they are essentially like co-piloting the mech and that like they mm-hmm. both have like a degree of control over it mm-hmm. is this is this the episode where they're doing the button thing no no okay, okay. um i i like in this episode uh that like takeshi's mech like luke is able to like restart his mech but by the end of the race it's like inoperable again and I guess because it's inoperable and they have no other way of getting it back to like their um, like headquarters or whatever, they have to helivac it <laughs> into mm-hmm. the, uh, into the mech bay. It was very cool. Um, like which the the mech bay is like something out of fucking Evangelion because it's like this like huge shaft underground. Like it's mm-hmm. not like oh this is our our hangar that we would keep like airplanes in, but it's like for mechs. It's like no, it's like a <laughs> a tunnel shaft underground. Which I think is a very nice kind of world building thing. Why is it there? I don't. Maybe it's like a like you know, in the same reason you would keep something secret like behind a safe or something like that. I don't know, but I just love that that image of like, oh yeah, we gotta yeah helicopter it in to the <laughs> the secret underground uh, Satomi base. Uh, I think that's all. I, I mean, other than and we see it a couple more times, so less fun, I guess. But we're we're back in. Uh... Or back at uh, Fontaine's private table at her high-class French restaurant at the end of this episode. <laughs> oh, one other note I do have, because uh, y'all don't get to hear these, um, is uh, Peter Collins. next time on for this one. He has a line. Uh, he goes, uh, it's like Team White Snow knows all their moves before they make them. That's bad. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're right, Peter. That is bad. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Peter. It's interesting. I, I, I had been skipping the next time on, because you know, I'm just going to watch the next episode. But... Um... I think I was like washing a dish or something like that, and the next time on came on, and uh, on my totally legitimate copy that I'm watching, um, despite it being the dub, the next time on is in Japanese. Kind of did we did we not talk about this in a previous episode? Because there's a reason oh, for that. We did. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. My, my brain it, forgot. Short answer is it's because those next time ons were only ever in the Japanese broadcast version. So when Discotech oh, okay. put together this like English dub of the Japanese broadcast version, they did not have any English audio for, for those scenes. So gotcha. it has to be in Japanese. That makes sense. Um, okay. Well, uh, anything else before we move on? Nope. Cool. Uh, episode 16 is called Vulnerable Mind. Team Satomi is still off their game after the last race. Takeshi refuses to accept any fault, blaming Liz instead. Liz is dealing with some personal problems and is on edge with Takeshi, while Amy is stressed worrying about the two of them. Andre has devised a new training program to get them to prepare a new strategy against White Snow and to help them work together as a team uh, better. After talking, uh, after talking to from Liz at the start of the race, Takeshi and Team Satomi are ready to launch their coordinated attack against White Snow's forward, Zanuck, but Zanuck easily shakes it off to the surprise of Team Satomi, who is unaware that they were hacked the night before by White Snow. Having dodged their big attack, it's White Snow's turn to go into the offense. Um, the training program in question is Simon Says? Question mark? <laughs> I don't like, fucking get it at all. It's like... <laughs> Yeah, so they so it's a big hex board and they have a bunch of colors and they say that it like corresponds to I guess like racing lines because they like each like they make like mm-hmm. a path and they have two buttons in front of them. Each of them has two buttons, each with one color, like or you know, two different colors per person. And yeah, the implication is that they like hit each one to like make a path through. Doesn't make any fucking sense because like the paths on the screen are all like one color. Like, you know, this is the blue path, the, the yellow path, whatever. It doesn't make any fucking sense. It's just, and they're like, yeah. let's see if we can get it down to under two seconds. Like basically hitting like hundreds of button presses in under two seconds or something. And, and Amy starts with like, you know, she gets like a shitload of them wrong and it, it's like over five seconds or something like that and then i think she like goes i don't remember where she goes but she leaves the room and then takeshi's being like a huge asshole about it and then she comes in and and asks liz for help uh and liz you know tells her like oh think think of everything as as one thing like the console you and the screen all is one thing like don't think of them separately and that's the the secret to cracking the code i guess somehow and yeah somehow that that means that they now are ready to to go against white <laughs> yeah. snow it's a little goofy but like the way it's deployed it's like the specifics of this thing don't matter i get like what they're mm-hmm. training for which is like you know like uh recognizing patterns and like knowing plays essentially um, yeah but it is it is very weird i do like the animation really sells um the fact that early on uh liz and um takeshi are really getting it where you look at them pressing the buttons and they're like definitely like they've got the pattern memorized they're doing like right right left left right right and all that and then it, you could tell with amy she's like uh left right uh right left right and like is like clearly just doesn't have the rhythm down at first um mm-hmm. i thought that was like a good little bit of animation um my read on it is not that like liz being like oh you got to think of it all as one thing is what like helps her figure it out i think like the reason she's not doing well in the first place is because she's like worried about the team um Mm -hmm. and i think there's like she overhears the two of them like worrying about uh her being able to keep up um and takeshi being a little mean about it and liz being like like, hey, if you got something to fucking say to her, say it to her face. And then that's when she comes back in. And um, like the vibe is a little bit different. And that's why like Liz is like, hey, let me give you some advice. And like, I don't think it's the advice necessarily that like um, helps her win out. But it's like, you know, kind of like mm-hmm. 
the improved mood that kind of makes her worry a little bit less and is able to focus more is was kind of my read on it yeah for yeah definitely see that um yeah because takeshi like is like uh yeah like they're worried like what if she can't keep up and and takeshi says something like um like we always have to plan around her or something like that like you know this is like this always happens and we always like figure out a way to work around her and it's like that's such a mean thing to say to someone or about someone like we we work around our team member like bad boy takeshi uh my note for this episode is uh uh we're entering big baby takeshi mode because he's like he's winning these these races but he's still just being such a big baby like i don't know like i i like that it creates dramatic tension but as a character, I was getting more and more frustrated with it, where it's like, Takeshi, stop being such a, like, jerk. Like, he's not just being a baby where he's, like, sulking. He's not like Shinji, who's just, like, you know, shutting down, like, blue screening all the time. He's just being, like, actively m- mean and hostile to people and, like, blowing off pa- practices and blah, 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 because he, like, thinks he's, like, king shit. And, so, yeah, it was a little frustrating a few of these episodes and then they kind of click back uh i feel like they resolve a lot of it off screen but whatever uh we'll get into that uh, i think one of the next few episodes but um but yeah no it's uh a little it was a little frustrating uh seeing takeshi being so like openly a jerk especially when liz and amy have like these really like heartfelt meetings with each other like discussing life in an orphanage and and the meaning of family and so on and so forth oh i i like it because he's an asshole because like like that's compelling in and of itself that's like you know it's you know it's enjoying enjoyable to have that tension of like like dude fucking get over yourself like you are not gonna win this by yourself you cannot be this big of an asshole to your teammates like you oh, yeah. if you're worried about not winning the like the the problem starts with you my guy like all yeah, that no, stuff's real, real compelling to me yeah it should be more clear i am it is a i am praising the show when i say that i was getting frustrated because like they were doing they absolutely intended for him to come across as not in the right and and being a jerk and being like me being frustrated was not like me being frustrated the show i was like come on takeshi get your head out of your ass like let's fucking do it like in a different show i could definitely see like this big baby you know head up his ass kind of thing being frustrating on the show front where i don't want to watch the show anymore but for this, I absolutely was like, "Come on, Takeshi! Like, real, like, have the moment of realization where you don't have to be a jerk anymore," kind of thing. And and you know, because yeah, the, there is such that 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 tension, especially when it's like kind of juxtaposed against uh, Amy and Liz's and Luca's relationship getting more and more strong. Um, yeah, and then of, of course the show uh, 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 punishes Takeshi for being such a big asshole with uh, you know later on. Uh, with him and his relationship so the show gets it but i was just sitting there like come on takeshi big baby <laughs> like do something yeah um i do like uh, once uh amy gets the simon says thing down we get like a shot of her like pressing the buttons and rhythm and she's like extremely happy about it and i just have a note of uh amy the joyous gamer <laughs> <laughs> um, you know you know what it reminded me moment. of for some reason not necessarily in like I don't know why. It's just like a weird association. It reminded me of the Evangelion episode where um, uh, Shinji and the Asuka have to dance. Yeah, the dance episode. For some reason, like just the rhythm kind of thing and like the, okay, now I can yeah, click sure. into it kind of thing gave me that vibe. I always like any kind of training episode in a sports anime where the training is like not 
necessarily like a direct skill in the sport you know like i like the idea of like mark wheeling out these simon says machines as like we're doing something a little bit different uh this this uh i think that stuff is fun in the same way that like the dance stuff in evangelion is is like that's one of the best episodes of that show because it is just like fun uh what Mm -hmm. they do um we get some good Amy cross Liz shipping uh, moments in this episode. <laughs> uh, again, as you're saying, like Liz and Amy are really like, you know, furthering their relationship with one another while Takeshi is like being self-isolating and being a baby. Um, and we get a moment where like, like Amy's saying something heartfelt to Liz and how much like she means to her as a team member before the race. But she does it like pressed face to face. And I was like, God, if only the show were written by queer people, <laughs> this would be so good. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I'd the, like the to ship make lives a, alive in my heart. <laughs> I'd like to make a uh, uh, call out and a, a I'm beseeching the the listener here. Uh, please send us your uh, shipping fan art uh, for IGPX. Stop making Madoka fan art. Send me your Amy X Liz uh, fan art, please. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd rather have the Madoka fan art. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but what if Amy and Liz and their magical girls? And they're also oh and Luca's there. And Luca doesn't. Luca's Luke, Luke, Luke Luke like Cuba. No, Luke no, but it's like not a edgy magical girl show. Luca's just the mascot character. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, we get a a really interesting shot uh, leading up to the race. Um, that I don't think we've gotten a shot like this before, where we see Takeshi like get inside of his cockpit, and then we see the cockpit get inside of the mech. Like, it's kind of like a two-stage thing of, like, he sits down in the cockpit and then it kind of, like, pulls back into the body of the mech and kind of locks up in place, which mm-hmm. I thought was really, like, again, I think the mechs are really cool in the show, so it's always cool to see more of the, like, mechanics of the thing um, animated. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of good shots, holy fucking shit, when they introduce Team White Snow in this episode, we get a shot of them walking out of the track and you see, like, heat coming off of the track and it's like all blurred out and also their mechs are like really cool looking i love the stark like black and white contrast that their their mechs have Mm -hmm. like one of the like one of those things where it's like i saw it and then i remembered like seeing that shot for the first time and thinking like god the show is so fucking cool um just a killer shot and again one of those things where it's like i don't know if it's just me but holy shit is season two like on another level in terms of like all the uh shots of the mechs and stuff they just really knock it out of the park in some of these episodes Mm -hmm. yeah no definitely going back to what uh danielle said like the the difference between uh white snow and velstein in terms of like everything like i definitely like white snow as like uh like their mechs are cooler looking like i don't really like velstein's like coloring scheme like once i saw it again i was like i don't know that i like the it's like white and gold um Mm -hmm. and then you know them as like a like this like two-faced like really omega skilled uh team uh i I really i really dig it a lot um i like that you know after the like race has started but they're not in the battle round yet um you know, there's still tensions between Liz and Takeshi, and I think Amy is like, you know, why don't you say what you, like, say what you mean to Takeshi like you did to me before the race, and instead of something, like, forcing her to say something nice or whatever, Liz is just like, like, hey, Takeshi, stop being such a fucking loser, get your shit together, like, <laughs> I respect you, but, like, show me, like, why I respect you, like, you know, like, fucking do the thing, um, which I like that that kind of, at least for this race, kind of snaps him into place a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's another little cool detail of like when they start out the race, they sh- like visualize 
you know all the work they did of like memorizing their lanes and things like that or their lines uh, on the track um where we see like the simon says colors kind of superimposed over top of the actual track uh i thought that was a cool little bit mm -hmm. um but then most of this race takes place in the next episode um uh, so shall mm -hmm. we move on or does anyone else have anything uh six yeah no let's let's blend them not mix 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 it up <laughs> rock on okay so episode 17 is aptly named white snow ah. team white ha huh. i wonder <laughs> what, what does that mean uh team white snow launches their attack on satomi Using some kind of hacking technology, the three pilots of White Snow each take control of a Satomi mech and make them fight each other, resulting in Amy being seriously hurt and her mech heavily damaged. Liz and Takeshi are at least able to cross the finish line, but it's not enough and they lose the race to Team White Snow. With Amy's injuries too bad to make the next race against Team Velshine, the team must decide how, it, how to proceed with only two mech pilots with only two pilots. Uh, thanks to a pep talk from Jess, Andre decides that he will be the one to replace Amy in the next race, much to the shock of everybody. Andre needs to work to get himself in racing shape again, while the rest of the IGPX world grapples with the revelation that Team Satomi's coach is the one and only Rocket G. This season, Team Velstein will no longer be able to use their Indiraga mono technique, but they still pose a threat to Satomi, can't afford another poor performance. Uh, as the raid enters the battle round, it becomes clear that Team Velshine plans to focus on Andre to see if he's still got what it takes. And that's kind of where this episode ends. So yeah, the big thing to talk about with this one is the fact that they, so the IGPX League, or whatever governing body, uh, I guess the word licensing board comes up in, in this episode, so maybe that's them. But they ban the Enderaga Mono this season um, mm -hmm. because it's like, oh, it clearly offered like you know, an unfair advantage to the team that's able to, like, pull it off or whatever. And to me, it's, like, how this ended up char characterizing the rest of the stuff that, like, teams in the show do is, like, it's, like, they'll never ban it, like, while someone's, like, using it in a season. It's only, like, after a season where they'll look back and be, like, hey, maybe we shouldn't let a team, like, use electric tornadoes to disable their <laughs> opponent's mechs within the first minute of the battle round. Maybe that's not a compelling thing to have uh, mm -hmm. pilots be able to do. So I could totally see, like, you know, if the show continued into a third season, we would get, like, oh, and Team White Snow is no longer able to use their hacking technology because it's been banned. Like, they wouldn't ever ban it in the season, but they'll they'll ban it afterwards. Um, yeah, because Andre, after the uh, White Snow race, uh, says, like, I, I, I filed a complaint against to the licensing board or, or whatever. Like, because, mm -hmm. like, there's no way that that should be legal kind of thing. Like, and yeah, I mean, I even like within the show, I, I don't really like the whole we could just take over your mech thing. And like, I think that's kind of lame uh you know like i mean again like it goes with like the villainous thing but like the fact that they can just like oh yeah we just like grabbed onto you and like now and like the implication is that like they didn't even know that like who was hitting them. like they i think i can't remember who they took over first but whoever gets taken over first hits whoever else and the person goes like hey like you know takeshi why are you hitting me like what the hell's wrong with you so it's like implying that they don't even know that like their that their teammates are being hacked um it just felt kind of like op in a way like i mean that's obviously it's supposed to be but like it was a little i was like okay this is kind of pushing pushing me away from like this technique being like a good like thematic or 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 part of the story i, I wish i kind of wish there was like a different thing that they had done but uh i did like the 
the dramatic tension of like this is the first time we see a pilot get hurt you know yeah. like liz is not like we've seen you know mechs get disabled but like amy like like takeshi stops racing and it's like amy are you okay oh my god like your mech is fucking cleaved in half kind of thing uh and they don't get a response and uh and they're told like hey you still have to race like finish the race kind of thing um it's uh interesting in that regard but um but yeah no it's yeah i like that i do like that the first thing that happens after the race is andre is like i already filed a fucking complaint like this is unacceptable why is this a, like and like yeah why is it allowed to even like be a thing period but meh, yeah that's dramatic and i i also like that like jess after the race is kind of naively like um like you know i thought I thought these mechs were supposed to like basically be designed in a way that the pilot can't ever get hurt, and I think it's Mark that's like, if you want to hurt a, like a mech's pilot bad enough, obviously you can. Like, there's mm-hmm. like safeguards in place, so they're they are made for the pilot's safety in mind. But like, if you want to fuck somebody up, you can fuck somebody up on these things. Um, yeah, like no, no yeah, definitely like adds weight. Uh, no, yeah, no amount of safeguarding is ever going to like overcome malicious intent. Like, you know, obviously, oh, we took out their mech. Like, the mech is broken, but the the pilot's fine. But like, if someone's like, no, we're gonna fucking just like break your mech in half and fucking pin you to the ground. Like, yeah, obviously, it's gonna you know fuck up the mech or the person. Yeah, yeah, I I like this stuff because it's like it is extreme in a way that we haven't seen other like teams try to fight against uh team satomi and especially like the contrast between like them being that malicious on the track and then they're being like interviewed at the winner's podium and they're like oh and we, we we wish uh team satomi the best of luck at their future races and we hope their pilot recovers quickly or whatever it's like you motherfuckers like you you did that to her mm-hmm. um uh i don't know i i like the hacking stuff if only just because i i like that it's like you know they're the ones hurting each other you know it does work thematically for me where it's like you know the team is going through a rocky phase like interpersonally and so like to see that represented by like team white snow literally marionetting them to like hit each other um especially because like i mean that's literally what's happening off the track at a certain point where like white snow is going out of their way to like so contempt um between like takeshi and and the other members of team satomi and so to see them like literally doing on the track like it's a bit on the nose but it, it works for me mm-hmm. uh one going to that point uh one thing i just kind of thought was interesting is um so after the race they go to the hospital and, and amy's there and, and they say she has like a, a leg injury and liz walks into the room or maybe no takeshi walks in the room with flowers and liz liz and jess are already there and just kind of goes like now liz be sh-, like you need to keep the peace or, or whatever. And it's like, hmm, I don't think it's on Liz. Like, I think Takeshi's the one who's being the the, the one that's fucking up the peace generally. Um, but uh, Liz says something like, oh, don't worry, like, uh, Takeshi and I are cool. Right, Takeshi? And Takeshi's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, we're, we're, we're fine now. And they seem to mean it. Like, they're not doing it in a way that's like, clearly they're actually still at each other's throat. And I'm like, that's weird that they kind of resolve this oh, see, off camera. I, I totally read it as because they say that in Amy's like hospital rooms. So I totally read that as like, we're not going to like go at each other in front of Amy while she's in the hospital. But we absolutely have not like put water under the bridge. So I, I, I believe them because later on, they also they didn't really have like that kind the same kind of neck and neck rapport or at each other's throat rapport uh, later on. Part of that might be because, like, they're already down a pilot and they, they just have to keep the peace and they're just not to keep, like, talking to each other too much. But I guess in the moment, I was just like, that's, like, it's weird that they kind of, for one, that, you know, Jesse is like, oh, Liz, you're the one who's 
you know, always causing trouble. And then also like, oh yeah, well, everything's fine between us now or whatever. And it's like, mm. but I could yeah, see, no, I could I definitely, definitely see that being that like, as they got over it, especially because like, I mean, <laughs> the rest of these episodes, like, like they clearly haven't gotten over it. Like they're civil towards each other for the most part, but they still haven't like, you know, ironed out whatever their beef is with each other. Like, I, I know that's, that's coming. That's, that's kind of the arc of the season is the two of them. Um, mm-hmm. But um, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, the so the stuff with like uh, you know Andre taking over for Amy. I like I like that whole scene where they're like, "What are we gonna do?" It's not like we have another pilot, and I like the way Andre like talks himself into it, where he's like, oh, "Maybe I'm just losing my mind, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pilot that mech or whatever." And it's like, motherfucker, you know you were waiting <laughs> for the opportunity. Like, ah, oh, guess I'll get back into the mech. Um, I love all the the training he, he does. Yeah. Because he's like he you know, he talks about like oh no one recognizes me as Rocket G because I gained like a hundred pounds or whatever and, and then like as soon as he's like I'm gonna get back in the mech hell yeah like he's like okay I gotta like actually <laughs> lose some weight or or train for this kind of thing yeah I like he's got a line um, when he's like fine I'll do it I'll pilot the mech he's like uh, I think he says like I'll, I'll be the pilot and everybody gives him like a, a look and he's like I don't blame you for looking freaked out it's quite possible I just lost my mind. <laughs> I think I oh, the, when they're like squeezing him into the mech suit, like you could tell it's like oh fuck I gotta like I gotta squeeze into this thing. <laughs> they do a lot with his, but I like, like physicality. He, yeah, but I like that he's in good spirits about it. And the show mm-hmm. doesn't like actively ridicule him about it. He's like I'm looking good, aren't I? Or whatever. Even though he's clearly like you know bunched up in there. I think that's all fun. And especially like by the time he's actually on the track and like doing shit in the next episode, it's like oh this is this is fun. Like I kind of hate that they sideline amy for these few episodes especially because like they only visit her in the hospital or we only see them visit her in the hospital a couple of times mm-hmm. but it is kind of worth it to have andre out there doing his thing i think he's fun yeah and uh yeah they don't body shame him like they do in uh eden of the east with a uh, pants yeah it's yeah. Oh, pants pants should be in the show pants should be oh, like yeah. in the control booth like like pants would uh would have been able to unhack that os like that yeah mark's Luka. Mark's assistant should be pants. Yeah. Better show. Um, <laughs> I don't have too much else about this. Oh, I do like that. Um, oh, I guess it's the next episode. So never mind. Because uh, this is like the start of the, the Velstein race. The only other thing I have to add is, um, again, I need to share these because y'all aren't watching this version at the beginning. The, the Peter Cullen narration. He's talking about Team White Snow. And he says, there's more to these rookies than meets the eye. And I'm like, you're Optimus Prime, dude. You can't just say that. <laughs> is, that is this allowed? I'm going I'm to call the licensing board. I'm <laughs> making no point. This must be illegal. Yeah. Um, I love how much fun they have with, with having Peter Cullen do the narration, though. Um, mm-hmm. It definitely, like, like, they understood when they were writing his narration, like, it's Peter fucking Cullen saying these lines. Like, it, it feels very deliberate the way they have, have him say things, which is good. Mm-hmm. Is this the episode, um, it might be next episode, that has uh, Andre uh, sword fighting with uh, Takeshi? That is next episode. Okay, I'll, I'll hold my tongue. I was going to say, though, why don't, why don't we get into it then? Yeah. Um, episode 18 is called Puzzled. Um, the race against Team Velshine continues, uh, with Andre being able to hold his own despite his age. Meanwhile, Takeshi is struggling to keep up with Cunningham. As Andre lands a huge blow on Jan of Team Velstein, taking out his arm, 
So does Cunningham on Takeshi. As both teams pit to repair their vehicles, Velstein is able to identify Andre's boxing technique that was giving them so much trouble. Knowing this, is, uh, knowing this to probably be the case, Andre and Team Satomi have to come up with a new strategy if they're going to win. Uh, Andre has the three of them switch to speed mode early, uh, leading to a tight race to the finish line. Uh, but not before Andre uses a spin attack to take out two of uh, Velstein's pilots. Uh, teams that told me look to have lost the race with Cunningham in first with 15 points and Liz and Takeshi in second and third with 12 points. But miraculously, Andre is still able to reach the finish line in his heavily damaged mech to take fourth place and secure a tie. Post-race, Takeshi is uh, feeling really sorry for himself after another poor performance. Andre, Fontaine, River, and Mark all try in their own ways to help him pick himself uh, back up to no avail. Meanwhile, White Snow is actively trying to further tear down his psyche before the next race. Um, so where to start with this one? Yeah, this episode fucking kicked ass. <laughs> Yeah, I love that, like, so it's so funny, because, like, Andre's clearly doing boxing moves. Like, he literally puts up his, like, arms, like, you know, like, the pantomiming boxing movement. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, this is sick. I, I love this. I love that he's, like, doing the one-two punch. He's juking him. And then we, we have a whole moment during the, where they're pitted, uh, where Cunningham has to explain to, to Jan, the other Velstein member, like, He's getting you with the, the old one-two punch trick and then proceeds to explain is like, well, you see, his first hit is is slow and faint, knowing that you'll dodge it, so that way his second attack could be faster. It's like, yeah, I know what a one-two punch is. That's the thing. Again, it was, it's like made it's for like, a younger audience. Yeah, it's like, it's like basic boxing things like, oh, yeah, yeah they're going to fake you out and then hit you with the real thing. Like, that's like boxing 101, but I guess, yeah, it's like yeah. a kid's show, so I mean, whatever, but... Um, I do like it that it, like, characterizes... Um, uh, Andre is like a pilot that's just like like a trickster like he he getting you with my one two punch haha doing a spin attack and he and he's clearly like having fun with it like I can't remember what the context is but my note is uh Lance as in the voice actor Lance Hendrick Hendrickson Hendrickson going yeah baby <laughs> I don't know what he did but he says yeah baby and I got a kick out of that and then like <laughs> when they're in the pit he says like good news and bad news and uh the the good news is um oh fuck i think he was like um i think the good news is basically like we're not out of it yet or something like that yeah but uh, like, like the bad just, news is he doesn't have a room. plan <laughs> yeah it's like the bad news is i have no idea what i'm gonna do now because <laughs> i think it's like the good news is we're we're holding our own uh although like they're not gonna take any more of, of the tricks i was using out there so i don't have a plan and then liz is like so what are we gonna do about it and he goes well that's the bad news i don't have a plan <laughs> yeah no it's it's uh, uh it's great yeah i noted this in the uh, the last episode but it's true in this one i love the back and forth between liz takeshi and, and andre um mm -hmm. in both this episode and the next episode when they're on the track it's a very fun like shift in the dynamic i think it's i think it's either the end of this episode or next episode where he's like i think it's next episode but he's like um man it really is bad advice for me to just tell you like hey go out there and win it like it is kind of hard to go out there and win it huh <laughs> it's like yeah no shit <laughs> The the point system threw me off. So, like you said, the uh, Cunningham gets first. He gets 15 points. And then Liz and Takeshi are second and third. And together, I think they had 13 points. It was like seven and six. I think they have 12. 12, okay. Um, yeah. And then they're like, okay, you know, there's no way that they can win. And then uh, Andre kind of limps across the finish line and, and gets the last three points. And now it's a tie. Which yeah. makes me think, like, if you get first place, then as long as you have someone finish fourth or fifth or fifth or sixth you still win like first place just wins you'd have to um 
you have to literally well, have what happened this time where they t they knock out the two other mechs well this is the thing right is like i think if like if you got first well i guess i guess that's true yeah i mean i guess that's like sort of an expected outcome with the whole combat around thing yeah well and, and i think they mention like like they're talking about forfeiting and they say like oh i don't want to give up 10 free points to like the uh, uh our biggest competitor or, or whatever so maybe like the like yeah like you know first place gets Maybe it's like a point proportional thing. Like if like, oh yeah, they got 15 and you got 13 or 12. Like maybe then like the points that you get for like the overall Grand Prix changes. I, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I got, I was kind of like thrown off. I was like, oh, like if you get first place, you just win uh, as long as any other person on your team finishes. Um, but yeah, speaking of the other people on the team not finishing, uh, my note for the spin attack is just, holy fuck, Andre. <laughs> like, yeah him just wrecking those mechs to, and in a way that i guess is unprecedented because uh afterwards uh there's a whole friendship ended with takeshi moment where uh cunningham is like just so it's clear i don't consider you a worthy rival anymore like that was bullshit you like you know you cheated which i got a kick out of because this is a team like that had a cheating technology that was like or not cheating at the time but it was banned because of how op it was that yeah. and like we saw like actual legitimate cheating in the last episode but like cunningham so mad that yeah <laughs> that uh andre was playing dirty i do read it a little bit as like um like cunningham's just mad that like they finished the way they did without like takeshi actually having to put up a fight because like cunningham's beating the shit out of him like, he is just, like, if they did not have Andre on the track with them, they would have lost. Like, if Andre hadn't have pulled that trick, like, they mm -hmm. wouldn't have even tied. Um, but it is it is funny that they're like, what, you know what you did out there was cheating, and it's like, um, excuse me, y'all are the guys with the energy tornadoes from the last season <laughs> that, like, instantly win you the race? Like, mm, yeah, <laughs> that also just got banned? Yeah, and then... But yeah, I thought that was very funny. And then Takeshi uh goes to everyone he knows asking for for help like he goes to river and and river's like i wouldn't have come out here if i knew you were gonna bitch at me which hearing river say bitch threw me off a little bit but then river yeah, kind of like hit him with some hard truths of like like look y'all treated me like shit when i was on satomi so i don't even know why i'm talking to you uh but like you gotta stop being a big baby uh and then uh takeshi basically just doesn't hear what he wants to hear so he goes to, he's like complaining to mark uh and mark Mark blows up on him in a way that he has not done before. Uh, Mark absolutely tells him to fuck off, and then uh, uh, Takeshi runs away, and he's like, "Oh shit, maybe I was a little too harsh." Well, because because well, Mark is like like Takeshi's like being down on himself, and Mark is like, "Hey, don't say that about yourself. Like you're you're doing fine, kid, or whatever." And like Takeshi eggs him on to get him to be like, "Well, tell me what you really feel." Like Takeshi's shouting at him, and so then Mark really is just like, "You're a big baby, and you suck out there, and you're not a good teammate, and all this stuff." And then mm -hmm. Takeshi's like, "How could you say that to me?" And it's like, "Yo, what did you want him to say?" Like, yeah, it's the truth. Yeah, uh, and then uh, Andre uh, just whips the shit out of him with the in Akido, mm -hmm. like, and he's like, oh, "I'm gonna." Yo, you're you're not shit, Andre. Blah, blah, blah. Which I love the uh, the opening of the scene is. I think Andre's doing like push-ups. He's like, and twenty. Uh, oh yeah, I did it. And then he he just absolutely wipes the floor with a uh, Inakido. Uh, yeah. Um. Uh, I like that. Also, he's so like Takeshi's um out on a date with Fontaine, which is more funny. Like they're at this nice restaurant on like a veranda, and like 
they both got like what looked like cups of coffee or cups of tea <laughs> Takeshi's eating a chili dog <laughs> it's like <laughs> ah yes the perfect pairing um and then like like Fontaine leaves because Takeshi's being a big baby and I think she's got some like really like again like harsh but like a hundred percent true lines of like you know like I would like try to help you get out of this funk you're in but I doubt you'd even like let me try or whatever which is like mm-hmm. damn go off girl um uh, but she leaves and Takeshi either like is thinking to himself or says out loud like oh, how could today go any worse and then immediately <laughs> we hear Zanuck go oh Takeshi <laughs> in his like Pegasus ass voice and he's at the table next to him coincidentally mm-hmm. um, it's a very funny moment um, but again it's just like they're actively trying to like capitalize on the like already like group discord that they've got discord dis- I guess it's, <laughs> it's discord. a discord I was like they don't have a don't have a group discord do they join the the team satomi discord for uh, i don't know for which merch. which i mean honestly they probably don't even need to do much <laughs> they could do nothing and they would still just rip each other apart <laughs> like yeah oh god yeah no uh and i really like the scene with river uh and and takeshi because you know like takeshi's like reaching out as if he's like a friend and river's very quick to be like uh we're not friends like not really like you know if I had known that you were like you called me out here just to bitch at me, I wouldn't have come. Like you know, kind of thing. Uh, yeah. So I I love that kind of like Takeshi's reaching out to everyone, trying to get just the answer that he wants to hear. And it's like, no, you you don't deserve that answer. Like you don't deserve someone telling you that you are hot shit and that you are doing the best you can and blah blah blah. You you deserve to have everyone tell you that you're being a little a little shithead. Like. You know, it's 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 tough love, but it's it's something that Takeshi deeply needs at this point uh, is to just face himself kind of thing. Yeah, if he were, you know, brought up um, uh, Shinji from Ava before, if he were more like that, where he was just like shutting down and like not engaging with anybody, I would just kind of be like, dear God, someone like reach a hand out to this guy. But because he is being so self-destructive, it's like, dude, I don't know what the fuck you want. <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. Maybe you just need to be alone for for a little bit to figure yourself out because like like expecting people to tell you the exact thing you want to hear when you're the problem is like not gonna work. Yeah, and, and again, drawing, like, I like all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, and drawing a comparison to Shinji, I think, is really apt because Shinji is someone who is kind of forced to be an adult, like forced into burdening himself with the world, and like as a result, he kind of starts breaking down and and fump, like falling a- apart under the pressure versus Takeshi who yeah like, there's pressure cuz he's like the reigning champion or whatever but his his sort of like isolation and, and like his relationships falling apart entirely by his own hand like it's because it's rather than oh I'm being forced to be an adult and you know blah 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 it's it's him like refusing to grow up in any meaningful way like refusing to act as a team player refusing to like he just sees himself as his hot shit and as a result like everyone around him is like dude we have to be a team like you did not get here by yourself so his i i don't have the empathy i have empathy for or or in sympathy for shinji i don't feel the same way for takeshi like for takeshi it's like come on get yourself together same thing with a like uh uh spike from uh bebop where he's very much like kind of being just a big baby and kind of isolating himself and everyone else is like dude like you know we're we're kind of a teen like you know blah, blah, blah. He's just being a big baby um so yeah it's i normally would don't like when when characters are kind of dogpiled on you know thinking to to uh shinji where everyone's kind of like forcing him to be an adult or even something like the obligatory star wars reference like anakin everyone's kind of dogpiling on him and no one's giving him an ear to listen to him uh 
I don't I hate when that happens because I feel bad for the character but with Takeshi it's like dude like you you literally are like the reigning champion you have the world on a plate right now you just need to recognize that you aren't the one who got there like it's your team that got there so yeah and it's it's not for lack of like support around him like he's got a very supportive team environment it's like no no one's able to help him when you're like rejecting their help you know mm-hmm. the people like even River in his own way is still trying to try like he's like yeah I can't believe you brought me out here in the middle of night just so you could bitch at me but at the same time he's also like still there to like like i think like i think the way he says it he's like i'm probably not the one that needs to give you this advice because we were never friends but like here's what i would do kind of thing and then Mm -hmm. takeshi still like doesn't take his advice like it's like it's not for lack of trying from the people around him yeah big baby (laughs) um i do like uh i didn't put it in my description but uh this is also the episode where um uh max the like hacker from team white snow uh like hacks into like takeshi's game because takeshi's stolen his fake psp back from his sister (laughs) um and he loses uh to max like pretty bad and i'm like yeah that is the final nail in the coffin for you takeshi you're you're losing to video games you got to get yourself together (laughs) you are sub gamer material oh no Um, I think that's all I got, other than just to mention again, like, holy shit, that spin attack is so funny. Yeah, cool. oh my god. Especially, like, like to kind of, like, talk about the animation a bit, like, there's a really cool shot of, like, head-on seeing all the mechs, like, in line in speed mode. Again, there's, like, heat off the track, which we see a lot in these episodes, which is a cool visual. Um, and, like, Mark, or not Mark, uh, Andre pulls away from the pack, and I think he's got a line that's like, it's up to you uh takeshi liz and then and then we see like an overhead shot of him spitting up and sparks flying and then he just smashes into the other two backs it's it's beautiful um all right anybody got anything else before we move on to the final episode of this batch yeah. cool uh episode 19 is called moving on uh, takeshi's self-destructive attitude reaches its peak when he decides to skip practice for a date with fontaine who can tell something is wrong when she notices someone's been trying to call his cell phone all day. As Miss Satomi contemplates benching Takeshi for his behavior, Liz heads out to find Takeshi, awkwardly interrupting his date with Fontaine, who seems to have just uh, about had it with Takeshi at this point, and also realizes there's probably more to Takeshi and Liz's relationship than even he knows. After he fails to show up on time again, Satomi makes the decision to bench Takeshi, but when he comes running in late to apologize for his shitty behavior, she lets him off the hook, expecting him to prove himself out there against uh, Team Skylark. Just before the race starts, Fontaine makes it clear to Takeshi that their relationship is over. Um, those seem to be, though things seem to be going well for Satomi early on in the, rela- in the race, Liz is taken out, leaving Andre and Takeshi in a two-on-three situation. Takeshi really has bounced back from his slump and is able to take out two Skylark pilots, including Fontaine, after a one-on-one battle over their breakup as Fontaine realizes she cared more about him as a rival than as a boyfriend. Uh, Team Satomi uh, takes home the much-needed win, and Takeshi and Fontaine agree to stay friends, though Takeshi is still a bit unmoored by the whole experience um so yeah uh, uh baby mode takeshi um reaches reaches a max in this episode as he's like you know what i don't need to go to practice i'm gonna go on a date with my my french girlfriend um <laughs> yeah dude dude continues to suck into this episode but at yeah. least kind of gets his shit together or starts to get his shit together by the end yeah no he's just such a fucking shit both of his races versus in both of his races versus skylark yeah <laughs> It feels, like, really misogynistic. <laughs> I'm like, 
But I want her to girl. I need to go easier on them because they're girls. I don't. I don't but the thing is, like, it's way. only this team that he does it for. Because there's women on the other teams. That's definitely the last episode. I don't think he really does. He do that this episode. Uh, like they kind of go all out in this episode. I, this episode, he doesn't have like much trouble like taking her on at all. Because I, I think maybe it's like, confusing the two episodes. <laughs> I think he's like. I mean, I think in both one, the the driving force is like the the relationship he was just starting and now the relationship he's just kind of ending um which you know kind of is, is unmooring him and he's already kind of in a slump um which i would not if i were the uh, uh person writing this i would not have had uh miss satomi been like ah, i had you go in there like you're actually part of the team like you know you can come back on the race i would have been like no fuck you takeshi i told you 11 <laughs> o'clock this is your last chance and you fucked it up yeah the fact that he doesn't have like a reason for why he was running late like he's clearly running late like he literally comes in like panting or whatever it's like probably has an excuse or whatever like oh i got held up at the the uh, metro or whatever but like just kind of comes in late and doesn't explain why he's late he just apologizes which like you know good that in i like that he not only apologizes to like mrs Tomi, he also apologizes directly to liz and to like the team as a whole mm -hmm. um, which i thought was like meaningful like there would be a way where i would not <laughs> um believe his apology and be like yeah no satomi you should just bench him but he does come in and, and seems to mean it yeah it's just like the I guess because he was he was being such a shit and then he like still on like like hey this is your last chance if you're not there you, you know you're benched he still is late I'm like mm, mm. but you know I mean it's like earlier in this batch where they're like I don't know maybe we need to make Takeshi not the the uh, god the center or the forward I forget the what the position's called yeah and it's like they bring that up and like don't really do anything with it and it's like okay yeah i was i was excited for like oh we're gonna make liz the 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 lead of the team like i i wanted that kind of tension where it's like oh liz and takeshi are, are always at each other's throat and then uh mr tomi's like okay yeah like you've you've proven you can't be reliable you keep kind of doing these things and your team have to like plan around you being a wild card you're you know you're the defender now or you're the midfielder now or something like that i i wanted there to be that kind of tension of like con I wanted consequences of of being this horrible horrible teammate for so long. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um while this episode does not have at least to me anyway the same problems um that it does with the first Skylark race, this episode definitely has some some problems with the fact that they're up against a uh, all women team because uh Andre has a bunch of choice lines in this episode where like the Velstein race was like fun. It's like, oh, it's fun that Andre's out here. This time it's like, Andre, please shut your mouth. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> uh, I think the the first line I have is he goes, uh, never thought I'd see the day I'd be racing against girls. I'm like, dude, you coach a team where two of the pilots are women. Like, come <laughs> come on. Like you can't you can't start being a prude about it now. Um another thing I think is like really just like the optics on it are all fucked is um uh, there's a moment where he like um, takes down one of the mechs by one of the Skylark mechs by uh, backhanding them, and like Tom Kenny, the announcer, goes out of his way to be like, "Oh wow, what a backhand!" Um, and then he goes, uh, "Wow, she really was a pain in the ass." And like, I don't think I need to spell it out, but like the <laughs> the optics of all of that are just deeply fucked. It's like yeah. God, whoever wrote this episode, please calm down. <laughs> Um, and then there's one more line that I wrote down um, before he takes out the mech where he goes, um, another power hungry woman. I think I liked him better when I didn't have to race him, in which I said, Andre, oh. please. Andre, no. <laughs> yeah. So not great. Like Takeshi doesn't have 
any moments like that as far as I can remember, but it's all Andre being like, huh, crazy they let girls into, into <laughs> mechs these days. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, dude, come on. Like, Liz or uh, Amy can't come back fast enough. Yeah, um, <laughs> Amy, please. Because I think yeah. this is the last race. They they think they explicitly say, like, you know, because after the Valstein race, uh, they like, Andre's like, oh, man, that was really tough. Like, I, you know, blah, blah, blah. And either Satomi or Mark says, like, you know, you have to do this one more time. Like, Liz has, or uh, Amy has one more race before she's ready to get back. And, and Andre's like, oh, don't remind me, or, or whatever. Yeah. The, um, as a peek ahead, the next episode is, like, mostly centered on, like, Amy coming back and having a little bit trouble kind of getting back into the swing of things. And they do the whole, like, oh, has she really fully recovered or not? Is she actually ready to get back in? Or is she going to get hurt going out too early? That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't immediately clear watching through these episodes, like, how many races Andre was going to be in for because I thought, like, oh, it's just the one race and then Amy will be back. And then you're right. There's the line about, like, oh, you got to at least do one more race. And it's like, oh, okay. I guess he's, he's in for a little bit longer than I remembered. Um, uh oh god i just lost my train of thought oh i don't know if i mentioned this the first skylark race but i like that the skylark mechs are like they're like bunnies or they're they're, they're rabbits like they literally have like rabbit ears <laughs> i don't know if that just didn't stick out to me the first time around or if i just didn't remember to write it down but um i think their mech designs are fun were there nighttime races this batch this one's like kind of at night or maybe like at like would you like dusk forget, like dusk or twilight uh, yeah, no, twilight's in the morning. Dusk is yeah, it's like yeah. it's definitely like starting to get dark. There's a couple now. Yeah, I think the the rest of the races are like all during the day this time. Yeah, so I think that's... this one is the first one that's like nighttime. Yeah, I was saying like maybe that's why like I didn't notice like Velstein's mech design or mech coloration not really like this mm. batch. I didn't really love their coloration, but it might have been because it was during the day and last time it was during the night. And then this one, it's like oh, we didn't notice the bunny ears. Maybe it's because this time it's not like night night or whatever. Um, maybe yeah do they call they call fontina princess uh, right yeah yeah okay. i think jessica is the name of the character I, I guess they both do but i think jessica's the one that like takeshi has to get through first before he can yeah. um fight fontine she's like i won't let you touch my princess and then, yeah. i'm sure there are many many heterosexual explanations for that one hmm <laughs> let me try to think them up give me, I do give, like, give me 80 years the show is definitely not written that way but it's like there's definitely an Im implication of like you know because she's got like the scene with jessica in like the skylark locker room where like jessica's like boy trouble she's like yeah boy trouble and uh, i think i think jessica is like um how oh, did i write it down no i didn't write it down but i think i think they've got a line that's like um yeah boys are never really worth the trouble or whatever and it's like mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but but me my princess uh, that kind of stuff <laughs> like again if the show were written by uh, any queer people uh, it'd be mm. better yeah i mean it's um, and the same thing with like the fans like in the last last patch or one before that uh like how they showed the fans and they're all explicitly women and they're all explicitly against uh uh Fontaine dating Takeshi. It's like ah mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. I do gotta applaud uh, Fontaine for for dumping uh, Takeshi's ass. Yeah, no, you're worth queen. Finally, stand. <laughs> yeah, long time uh, fucking coming. <laughs> I wrote down uh I too would rather beat up a shitty guy than date him. When she's like, I just realized I I much prefer racing against you than dating you. <laughs> it's like yep, same. <laughs> Yeah, and and it's it's set up, you know, uh, you know, 
in in real life relationships tend not to just like you know randomly happen or like or randomly stop or, or whatever it tends to be like you know reasons obviously uh and the show does not like the show doesn't just go i want to race you i want i want you to be my rival not my boyfriend it's like they're it, they they i don't want to say like drop hints because they're very kind of obvious but like her saying like i think we should have some distance until our next race like you're being a big baby. Let's ha- like let's kind of back off for a little bit, and then uh, when Takeshi's like skipping practice, and then uh, uh, they're getting ice cream, and and Fontaine gives both of them like Liz and Takeshi ice cream. Uh, like so, it's it's not like like you can tell she's kind of like pulling back before she actually deals like the final hey I I we're over Bonami kind of thing, um, which I I thought mm-hmm. was was nice. It's not like a it's not just a racing thing. That's kind of like a hey you know what I realize that. This this is probably gonna be better for us anyway. Kind of that um that scene when uh Amy or not Amy Liz interrupts uh Takeshi and Fontaine's date is so like beautifully awkward. Like <laughs> Liz is Liz is like Takeshi, what are you doing out here? And then Fontaine shows up at that moment and it's like, oh Takeshi, here's your ice cream, and and Liz, here's yours, and Liz is like, uh okay. The Fontaine <laughs> walks off and is clearly like. Takeshi, say something, or I'm just gonna leave. And he doesn't say shit. And then Liz like fumbles her ice cream, and like the first of the two scoops ends up on her shoe. And then she's like dancing around. And as Takeshi walks off, and she's like like hopping on one foot, she just falls over on the ground. <laughs> it's like every part of that is like a like a Charlie Chaplin skit. It's like this is beautiful. <laughs> Whoever storyboarded this, thank you. Yeah, there's and there's a line later where it's like I can't remember what the exact line was, but it's like if you didn't want X. Uh, or like, I can't remember what the line is. She says like, you wouldn't have left me fumble or like in a pool of ice cream or something like that. So she's like saying to Takeshi, like, you know, if you really cared about whatever, you wouldn't have left me in a pool of ice cream or something like that. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I know. It's, it's a wonderful, awkward scene. <laughs> um, I think that's all I got on that one. Y'all got anything else about this one or, or any of these episodes? No, I think I jumped in way early with my overall impressions of this batch. Yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> I, yeah, I liked that I think this was probably either this batch or the last batch was my favorite batch that we've watched so far. Uh, but I gotta say episode five of this batch, which was episode eight, 18, right? Yeah. Um, it is, it had one of the best, it had some of the best moments in the entire series. The spin attack, uh, river dishing out the hard truth i loved mark snapping because mark is such a cool character and he's like a cool level-headed guy like oh he has like cute names and like personalities for the mechs like that's so cute and for him just be like you need to grow up stop being a little baby be a good teammate and just like screaming at uh takeshi and and then takeshi runs off and you can tell he immediately is like oh my god i'm so sorry i might have gone a little harsh on him and then it comes back in this episode too where uh he's skipping you know takeshi's skipping practice and and mark goes like yeah i might have gone a little hard on him i'm really sorry everyone like he's kind of taking the blame for it even though it's clearly not his fault yeah i uh i i like mark a lot and like further we've gotten into the show the more i'm like oh yeah the the director having mark as his favorite character like i see it like it makes mm-hmm. sense um i i also like you know like i didn't um i don't think i had a lot that i i noted in my notes but again i like a lot of the little tiny bits of animation in the show that kind of um crop up here and there that just add a lot to it and like that moment where mark like lets takeshi have it they really sell you on like he's got like a brief moment of hesitation where he's like i 
I shouldn't just unload on this guy. And then he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to tell him how I really feel. And then when he does and he realizes it goes poorly, he's, again, it sells it like, oh, man, I shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's really good. There are a lot more shots of uh, them drinking from, from non-labeled cans. And just knowing that the yes. intention is that it's beer just really cracks me up. Every time I saw a can, I was like, hell yeah, Andre. <laughs> yeah, this is a, a, a crew fueled by uh, Asahi beer. Uh, good for them. All right. Um, well, that was IGPX. Shall we talk about what other anime we've been watching? Sure. Okay, well, well, who wants to start? What anime y'all been watching? Uh, mine's, mine's probably the shortest, so I can just quickly whip through mine. Uh, All right, give it, give it to me. Yeah. Check to me that straight, raw unfiltered anime unfortunately uh we're all out of anime today because i haven't been watching any uh but i have been reading some manga um uh uh, 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 a series that i've i've read before um called akumetsu um which is they don't explicitly like give it a one-to-one translation it's it's something like uh destroying evil um is how they kind of like translate it um like it i think this is a portrait i think it's a translation issue where one character says like oh you're like a destroyer of evil like it says that in in english and then the character goes like ah akumetsu you're right (laughs) it's like okay um it's a it's a interesting story um about uh corruption in japan uh like politicians in japan who uh you know, are siphoning money off, and it's kind of like even in the East, where they state like, they're like, oh, Japan has a problem. Like Japan is like rotting or whatever, but it actually like takes a stance as to what the problem is, and their their stated view is that it's old corrupt politicians, like you know, uh, uh, embezzling money and doing things that benefit them without like any regard for like social welfare and, and all that. Uh, and the solution that the guy finds is, uh, to murder the fuck out of them. Uh, and, uh, in every situation, uh, he, so he kills, he kills whoever he's looking for, looking to kill. And then he's generally killed and then his head blows up. Uh, but then the next day there's another one like, oh, how is there so many of them? Um, yeah, it's a it's an interesting story. Uh, I I want to reread it to see how I think of its politics. I do like the the notion of like, oh, corrupt politicians. Well, I guess there's only one good way of dealing with that or whatever. But um, so at least it takes a stance. Guillotines? Oh, uh, uh, either <laughs> guillotines or bullets or bombs or <laughs> like um yeah i'm looking at these these volume covers you've got plenty of options you got uh like a revolver you got an uzi you got a katana you got medical scalpels um another katana yeah and they're <laughs> always like they're like very publicized like um the first one's not very public but then the second one is like a police chief who is like turning a blind eye to doing any real policing uh not in like a like oh we should have more police kind of thing but it's like oh these people are like whoever i can't remember it's like a it's like a biker gang who's like actually genuinely causing harm to people um and like you're not doing anything to like anything about it um because you're more worried about like your like basically your kind of rise up or whatever in the in the chain of command uh and so he very publicly uh murders the shit out of him um and then the third person is like a uh, uh, a budget minister who's like uh, is planning on decreasing taxes for the rich while also claiming that they're going to uh, 
reduce the national deficit and you know it's all bullshit like the guy's really is just trying to reduce taxes for the rich so that he can get a lot of money and and yeah it's an interesting thing um uh, i'm on volume three out of 18 right now um i have rewatched it i know like how he's doing this thing where his head keeps blowing up but he keeps coming back uh the next day um it's a very it's an interesting uh plot um i, I don't want to go into the ending because i haven't read it in a long time um but i'm interested in, mm-hmm. I'm, i'll probably reread it before next uh recording and i'm very excited to get into it because i remember the ending is actually very poignant in terms of like how it views society's opinion on change um in a way that's very interesting um so i'm interested to reread it and i'll report back in two weeks all right. Well, uh, Danielle, what have you been watching? Um, anime-wise, I haven't watched a ton. You know, just continuing to watch um, Love Live with my girlfriend. I have to say that the Beach episode in the first season of Love Live is still a fantastic episode. <laughs> and um, for Ghibli, I only got around to one movie this time around, and it was Return of the Cat, which is a very, 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 very loose sequel to... Um, Whisper of the Heart. Really, the only thing tying them together is the Baron is a character. Like, an actual character. Way more of an actual character this time around. It's, um, from what I know, like, it started out as a, um, like, a film for, like, a theme park that never ended up happening. So, um, Ghibli basically gave their B-team be like, alright, turn this into a short so we can sell it. And then that short ended up becoming a, um, a, albeit fairly short, uh, feature film like it's 75 minutes and god um would way more ghibli movies actually be good if they were all 75 minutes <laughs> like fucking pom poco if that one was 75 minutes that probably would have been a good movie yeah <laughs> it's true for all movies especially dune dune should be 75 i mean like spirited minutes. away is long but like spirited away is still pretty good mm-hmm. but um yeah um, i was like legitimately surprised how good uh the cat returns was it had a big uh disney movie vibes but like in a good way like classic animated disney movie vibes like really really good actually and yeah um if you're looking for an underrated ghibli movie that's definitely one of them because out of the ones i've seen so far that out of the ones the new the ones i've watched for the first time and watching through all of them this was the only one that was like wow that was way better than i expected <laughs> what's the next on your list uh next is howls oh, okay mm, that'd be one i'd be interested to go back to don't mm. necessarily know if it would hold up uh, but also yeah. I, don't, I don't have the strength or the energy that you have to <laughs> watch watch a single ghibli movie right now in my life but yeah no uh cat returns legitimately good um i mean it might be just be because um fucking uh neither miyazaki or takahata are involved yeah sounds like the lesson is let let the b team make more ghibli movies <laughs> yeah no it's i'm just, I'm not sure what the critical consensus is on it, because it's definitely one of the Ghibli movies I never hear anyone talking about. Oh, yeah, for sure. But yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. And, you know, manga-wise, I've just been uh, trying to read through more of the uh, Futari Bea volumes that I own, which is, you know, still just peak Yuri slice of life fluffy stuff. It's it's very good if you like girls being gay. It's not like, <laughs> it's not like they're, like, you know, like, officially dating, but, like, they're practically married type thing and if you don't like girls being gay stop listening to this podcast yeah. turn it off <laughs> well more importantly why are you listening to this podcast yeah i can't believe you made it <laughs> like, this you, far you put up with me this long and you're still listening <laughs> yeah. re- re- rethink your uh i will go home and rethink my life <laughs> <laughs>
that's a, that, that's your Star Wars reference for this episode. Um, <laughs> uh, I have been watching, as I look at my list to remember what I've been watching, uh, the big thing is, uh, um, I think it aired the day we recorded last time, or like the day before we recorded last time, but uh, Lupin Part 6 has started. Uh, the theme for this season is it's mostly set in uh, London, and it's like uh, Lupin versus Sherlock Holmes. Um, it's like a different take on Sherlock Holmes in a way that I almost wish it was just literally like <laughs> Sir Arthur Conan Doyle Sherlock Holmes. I think that'd be fun too. Um, but I like it a lot so far. It's it's very good. It's also like been long enough since part five that I'm just like excited to watch more Lupin. And I didn't love part five, but I'll definitely take more Lupin over not more Lupin. So um and it's good um also they did a episode zero for this season which is like the last episode that the longtime voice actor for um jigen uh voices the character for um it's kind of why it exists it's like centered around him as a character it's like an interesting plot it's like the plot is like jigen's basically considering like leaving the lupin crew um and ultimately decides to stay and so it's both like a send off for the old voice actor while kind of like a, you know, re-examining of the character and like kind of like, yeah, he'll live on with a different voice actor kind of thing. Like there's definitely like a meta layer to the narrative, um, which was fun. And so far, um, oh God, I always forget the name of the guy, but um, uh, the guy who is voicing Jigen in part six vo- is the Japanese voice actor for Snake uh, amongst a billion other things. He's definitely done some Gundam roles that I can't remember off the top of my head, um, but like an all-time great voice actor, so uh, he's doing a great job so far. Would highly recommend that if you like uh, Lupin. I can't say for sure if it's like... I mean, the thing with Lupin is like, you can start with any Lupin series, movie, whatever. Like, they're not so well-connected that you can't just pick whichever one strikes your fancy. I would I would say, though, if you're not in the Lupin and you want a place to start, Part 4, which is like the big revival in, in 2015, uh, is really good. Um, and that one's like, you know, very, like, serialized. There There is like an overarching plot, but it's not like Part 5 or kind of weighs down in Part 5. Um, part four would be where i'd recommend um, but this one's also really good if you want to like watch it week to week um def- uh, not a bad one to go with um i'm getting caught up on some other anime i've been watching like I've, I've been behind on precure for a while so i'm trying to get caught up on that again um but i also watched a bit more planetes which i started uh, a little while ago and oh boy <laughs> that show starts off real strong and then some of the episodes i have now watched since are like garbage just like totally bad and if it weren't for the fact that, like, I'm watching it along with, um, kind of along with Great Gundam Project, it's like their backup show, um, uh, I might not continue with it. It's had episodes that were that bad that if it was, like, a weekly airing anime, I would have just dropped it at this point. Um, but I do know that, like, people do like this show, so I just have to assume that, like, it picks back up at a certain point. But man, a couple of rough episodes in the middle there. Um, I think that's about it. Um uh i haven't been reading any manga uh, i don't know if i've mentioned this uh on the show yet or not but uh manga just doesn't do it for me anymore i'm reading homestuck right now uh, <laughs> and uh H- homestuck is good i mean it's like it hasn't aged well in certain regards uh oh but... jesus christ yeah there's gotta be some parts that are just disgusting yeah well i mean like nothing Ugh. nothing so far that's like de- detracted my enjoyment of it but definitely like a few pages that are just like this would probably not be in here if Andrew Hussey wrote yeah. it um, in 2021 I mean, and not in 2009. You know, Sweet Bro and Hella Jeff is still funny. That was way ahead of its time. Yeah. Well, 
I would say the a select few sweet blow bro and hella Jeff yeah, pages are funny. Fair. Most of that is actually just garbage. Um, but the <laughs> only one that matters is the I warned you about stairs, bro, and the payoff for that <laughs> in Act Three is good. That's um, the best part. That's the best part of Homestuck. You can stop there. <laughs> that's very good. Um, I also like Jade a whole lot. Um, who finally got introduced in in the act I just finished. Whenever I hear Homestuck, I, I my brain switches to Homestar Runner. I, n- I don't consume either of those, but I'm like, is that the one with Trogdor? You know, I, I had started Homestuck way back when, and I was definitely like either still reading Homestar Runner or um, was had just stopped engaging with Homestar Runner. Um, so, you know, there's definitely like an overlap there mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like internet era um, type stuff. But I'm, I'm mostly reading it along with um, uh, Homestuck Made This World, which is Range Touch's like read along podcast, which I would highly recommend, even if you don't plan to read Homestuck. I think they're doing a really good job of like um, contextualizing like how. Like, if you don't know about Homestuck, uh, there's a lot to get into, but it's not just, like, a simple webcomic. Like, there's more to it than that and how it was, like, made and created over time. And they do a good job of, like, placing what they're reading in the context that it would have been released in. Like, Michael is somebody that, uh, Michael on Range Touch is somebody that's been a Homestuck fan as long as Homestuck has been, like, you know, published or, like, you know, on the internet. Like, started reading from the get-go, was into um, MSPA before Homestuck kind of fan. Um, So he has a really good context for a lot of it, and he's also doing the work to, like, dig through old forum posts and things to see, like, how people were reacting to things as pages were coming out. Um, I just think it's a fascinating look at that particular slice of, like, internet culture, and also just, like, if you don't listen to anything Range Touch, they just do a fantastic job of media analysis. Like, they're both PhDs, so it <laughs> makes sense. Um, but I think it's a really, really good podcast, um, whether you want to read along with it or not. Um, but yeah, that's 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 what I've been up to, I guess. Anybody else got anything they want to shout out at the last minute? No, I don't think so. Other than the usual shout out to uh, Luca the Cat, uh, greatest ever do it. All right. Um, well, uh, that was episodes 14 through 19 of IGPX. We're going to talk about the last seven episodes of the show, 20 through 26, next time. So look forward to that. I have been your host, Austin. You can find me on Twitter at chai underscore squared. Uh, what am I tweeting about these days? I guess tweeting about Homestuck uh, on occasion. <laughs> um, uh, but where can people find you, Danny? You can find me at Twitter at cover me in sauce. I am one big dry noodle. And unfortunately, I'm going to have to change my display name because it's, you know, it's going to be not be Halloween and I'll have to remove the pumpkins, unfortunately. That never get a, give in to the system. Keep the pumpkins. It's true. That's my, it's my motto. Uh, and where can people find you, Danielle? I'm at lesbunny with one N on Twitter. All right. So this is where I say, uh, if you would like to send us uh, your questions or comments, concerns about uh anime or otherwise uh you can uh send us an email at under the or i say that like it's a twitter uh you can send us an email to under the katatsu dot anime at gmail.com or you can dm us on twitter at under the katatsu um all right danielle why don't you take us out of here all right uh b crimes do gay i don't have a stinger for this (laughs) (laughs) the episode just bounced off me that was like my entire thing over these two hours (laughs) I think that's the that's the stinger that's the stinger be crimes do gay uh bounce bounce <laughs> should i think like what's the fucking whose line is it anyways is like welcome to igpx where the points are made up and the rules don't matter <laughs> <laughs>